All right. Good morning. Um, I hope you all, well, I don't know if it's morning, wherever you guys are, but right now it's morning. Um, and I'm just going to talk about, like, where I am right now, because it's so chill. Like, where I'm seated currently, I'm at the top of JP, which is, like, a housing place um, where I live on campus. Uh, and I'm at the top of, like, this parking garage, and it's just so beautiful god is just so like wonderful in the way that he makes everything and it's so dope um it's just very like relaxing and peaceful i've never been up here in the morning i always come like for sunset and stuff like that but i've never been up here in the morning so this is definitely a vibe like i might try this again but anywho that's not the point of this podcast um the point of this podcast is just to kind of talk about a lot of the things that are going on lately I haven't really done a podcast um, recently and I know that typically I do one just to kind of like release everything out and and share about what's going on and kind of just get out of my own mind Um, but I haven't been doing that a lot lately because I've been kind of too scared to be vulnerable and be that open around people that I don't really know and being in the um dorm that I'm in there's a lot of people around me who can hear me you know through the walls and so um that's kind of why I haven't really made a lot of podcasts recently because every time I'm comfortable in my bed or I want to make a podcast I'm like and I'm kind of turned off by the idea of other people hearing me while I am making it and I mean I guess that kind of is counter like intuitive because I I did I do make these podcasts and I hope that people hear them but then why am I so afraid people are hearing them while I'm making I don't know but it's just kind of like one of those thingies where it's just like I don't really want them to hear me and especially since recently I've been wanting to be more vulnerable um about things I haven't really like wanted to be that vulnerable around them because I there's certain people you can and can't be um, completely vulnerable around, you know, and so, yeah, you want to make sure that the people that you are vulnerable around are people who are able to uplift you and, and help build you up and, and not are going to tear you down, and so I feel like the people around me currently may not necessarily be the type of people to build me up after hearing about the the um, situations that I've been facing, so um, I guess we should start out in prayer, and then we'll kind of just just go because I really don't know where this is going to go um and I do have a couple of ideas but let's start off in prayer so dear Lord thank you for waking us up this morning first of all Lord thank you for letting us see another day that you have made God thank you for your faithfulness Lord in every single season that we're in and every single situation that we're facing God thank you for your faithfulness Lord for bringing up the sun once again God and for just showing us your beauty God and showing us your grace and your majesty Lord and your power God, we thank you for every single blessing that you have provided in our lives, God, and we pray that you just um, speak through me and that you allow me to just use this platform and use this opportunity to not only glorify you, Lord, but to just um, to ease my mind and to relieve um, everything that I've been carrying around, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. So, yeah. Oh, it's just so beautiful up here, so relaxing. Okay, let me get over that. Um, <laughs> so, basically... Um, well, let's just start with the week. Um, how was your guys' week? That's good. 
Um, glad to hear that. Or if it's bad, I'm not glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> so I guess we will start with um, what happened on... I'm just going back through my notes real quick to see. Okay. So we'll start off with um, what happened on Saturday. So Saturday, we're, we're going to do a couple... Of, we're going to do a span of things. So we're going to start on Saturday and Sunday, which was the recharge event, and then we're going to go to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, which was yesterday, and then today's Thursday. So we'll just kind of go through the things that have happened and, like, kind of the revelations that have been a result of these things happening, and, um, yeah, so I'm going to make a podcast where I kind of just describe these things and kind of just go through that, but then I think I'm also going to make a second podcast where I go through and kind of dissect uh, one of the scriptures that I've been meditating on recently. And then after that, I think I'm going to do a completely different podcast topic um, on spiritual warfare. So, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, So, first of all, on Saturday, I had this thing called Recharge, which was really, 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 really amazing. It was like an event that the Navigators were hosting, um, a two-day event where we basically had the opportunity to go and um, meet with like a small group of people. So they broke us up into small groups. And so my, my small group was like uh, with three other girls. And so they broke us up into small groups and they were like, oh yeah, you know, so like you guys can get together and you can um, join together online. So we got together and I was kind of nervous about it at first, to be honest, um, because I was afraid of like the whole COVID thing and stuff like that. But they all agreed that we could all wear masks the whole time. And so I just made sure I took my extra precautions of bringing my wipes and, you know, all of that stuff. And so that was pretty good. It was really fun. I really enjoyed it and I had a good time. Um, and so, yeah, that, that happened. And um, it was an all day event. So it was all day Saturday and then like part of the day on Sunday. Um, and so we did things like Zoom Olympics and, we had these different breakout rooms and like workshops and stuff like that. And so it was just really fun. Everyone was so hilarious. Like all of the leaders were having me good because they were just so funny. And you know me, I just love funny people. And so that like really like spoke to me and I was like, yes, oh my gosh. Okay. But anywho, the first workshop that I went to was called Time Alone with God. And this workshop was led by Anna, who I really, really love. I never uh, really talked to Anna before, um, but she was actually the leader of our small group. And so we went over to her house. And so I got to know her a little bit more. And she's just so amazing. I just, she's one of those people that I just love. You know what I mean? Like you can't even sometimes explain how you love me. You're just like, I just love them. You know what I mean? Like it's just so, it came so naturally. Um, But she's just one of those people that is truly wonderful, truly magnificent, um, is very hospitable and very loving. So shout out to Hannah. Uh, I mean, to Anna, sorry. I said Hannah, but yeah. Um, why is there a whole, like, bird? I can see his shadow. Oh, he flew away. Okay. Maybe he heard me and he was like, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, okay, so Time Alone with God was basically a workshop where we were learning how to spend time alone with God and, like, what to do kind of in our time alone with God. And so she asked us, um, she, the first question she said was, when you hear time alone with God, what do you feel? And so I wrote down, I feel at peace sometimes. Uh, sometimes I feel excited, but I feel pressured. 
Uh, sometimes I feel loved because quality time is my language, is my love language, and then I also feel thankful. And I feel like this is because sometimes I, like, I really do enjoy spending quality time with God, but a lot of times I start feeling kind of um, anxious or stressed, I guess, because I feel like I have to do this, 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 and this. And I know that God isn't requiring me to do that, but it's not, it comes from a place of wanting to do these good things for him, right? So it comes from a place of me wanting to worship him and me wanting to pray to him and me wanting to do all of these things. But then it's like, sometimes I, I can't do all of that. And so um, a lot of times I put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm like, well, these are things I want to do. So I need to be able to do them. And God is like, well, just because you want to do something doesn't necessarily mean that you're able to do it, even if it's for me. And so that's something that I've been learning recently and I've been trying to like simplify what I do but I haven't really gotten in a routine yet you know and so yeah but that was what I wrote when I said I what I feel um, when I hear the time alone with God and so then she said what are three characteristics godly characteristics that we want to be true of us when we graduate and I thought this was super super powerful because um there's like a lot of characteristics that I want to be but I've never really thought of it before and so when she said that the three words that came to mind which I feel like were from the Holy Spirit was peaceful patient and purposeful and so lately I've been trying to to live like that to have these three godly characteristics be true of me when I graduate to be peaceful to be patient and to be purposeful and so I really pray that those are characteristics that become true of me uh when I graduate because I would love to to have that as a teacher I would love to have that now but I know it's going to take time it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to happen immediately um and so yeah I just those are the three characteristics that I pray become true of me um, as a godly woman and so yeah then she went ahead and talked about what time alone with God is and why we do it and all of this stuff like that. And so one of the things that I made note of was that we are made for relationship with God, um, but not just any type of relationship though. We're made for intimate relationship because you know how you have some people and you're like, oh yeah, like we're, we're, we, I know them, you have a relationship with them, but it's not necessarily intentional. It's not necessarily um, intimate, you know, and God wants an intentional, he wants an intimate relationship with us. And I feel like for me, I've been slacking a lot recently because, I mean, I've been wanting the intimacy, but I haven't been putting in the intentionality, you know, and it's like you can't have intimacy with God if you're not being intentional, and that's that's a testament to myself, that's a sermon to myself, because I expect us to just be back at level one, you know what I mean, like I kind of fall off a little bit, but then I expect us to be back at the top notch, like we're super intimate and super close and talking to him all day, and he's like, girl, you haven't been intentional with me, you gotta be intentional, it has to be built up, it can't just be, you jump in one day, and then, oh, now we're intimate, we're best friends, like, it's like creating a best friendship, like, it's not like, you don't have best friendships with people that you weren't intentionally being friends with, and I feel like, for me, like, for an example, when Kamari and I became best friends, um, it wasn't something that just happened overnight. It was a process that we went through. It was like a span of a couple of months at, at a time. And we had to literally be intentional with each other 
um, and intentional in developing our relationship with each other um, so that we could be at the level that we are now at. But we wouldn't be where we are right now at the intimate level that we are right now if we weren't intentional about that, if we weren't intentional from the beginning about being calling each other and being there for each other and doing Bible study and stuff like that. And so I feel like that I'm really glad that that analogy came up. Thank you, God, because that makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about it, every person you have an intimate relationship with, you have been intentional with them. You have been um, purposeful in the way that you interact with them and purposeful in the way that you um, sacrifice for them and the way that you conversate with them. You've been purposeful and everything. And so that's how I need to be with God. But yeah. Um, okay. Then... She said, okay, so then she went to Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 4 through 7. She was, like, more organized than my notes. Like, my notes, I was only taking out, like, the key stuff that spoke out to me. But, like, she had it, like, like it flowed better. So don't think that my, what I wrote down is only what she covered. Because, like, no, we didn't hop around with this. But this is what my notes are like. Um, and so she went to Jeremiah 24, verse 4 through 7. And one of the verses really stuck out to me was verse 5 and 6. And the part that says, I will give them a heart to know me. And that part, oh, that part hit me like a train. Because I was like, I always have this desire to want to know God. I'm like, God, I want to know you. Like, I want to be in an intimate relationship with you, God. I want you to be my my one and my only, you know. And I think that it's something that I can do. I feel like a lot of times that it's my responsibility or that it's something that I can do, that I'm supposed to be the one to be intimate with God and I'm supposed to be the one to get to know God and that's true but he is the one that grants me the ability and graces me with the um, opportunity to get to know him and so he's the one that gives me the heart to know him so if I say God I want a heart to know you which I do and we're going to pray that right now in the name of Jesus God I want a heart to know you then he is going to give me that heart to know him He's going to provide that for me because he knows that I can't do that on my own. He knows that I can't love him on my own. I can't be in an intimate relationship with him on my own. There's nothing that I can do that can really cause me to get closer to him other than having my trust fully put in him and believing that he is going to give me a heart to know him. And that's one of the promises I want to keep reminding myself of. So let me find a pen because that's good. Like, I want to write that down. Um, because I've been trying to remind myself a lot lately of God's promises. And so I think I'm going to write that down. I will give them a heart to know him. God's promises, he will give us a heart to know him. God's promise is that he'll give me a heart sorry i did like a little song you know i'm just basically a singer um just call me uh whitney houston call me beyonce because that's basically what i am now i'm just joking but i was trying to write it down so i could um have that so yeah um i want to remind myself a lot of god's promises and so then we have um I'm just going to start all the stuff I want to come back to. So then another thing is that I noticed in verse 6, everything he was saying, it was God that was saying he was going to do all of the action. So 
it's like I when I read that I was like well none of this is me like none of this says you have to do this or you should do this it was like God was saying like I will do this and I will do that and so let's just go to the verse for those of you that are listening let's just go to the verse itself and um read it out loud because it's so powerful it really is so we have Jeremiah 24 hey Jeremiah 24-7 can't get it 24-7 oh I forgot the passage the passion translation doesn't have that um But yeah, okay, so it goes, am I in the right place? Okay, yeah, I am in the right place. So it goes from verse 4, and it says, A word of the Lord came to me. So this is Jeremiah 24, verse 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Like these good figs I regard as good, good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them. For they are good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God. For they will return to me with all their heart. And so this passage just really, really, really stuck out to me. Because, like, it just reminded me that God is the one doing all of the action. I don't have to build myself up. I don't have to plant myself I don't have to do all of these things that I think I have to do because God is already doing that for me. And he's the one that's going to provide me with what I need to do what he wants me to do. You know what I mean? Like he says, like, he wants me to be obedient. He wants me to have a heart for him. He wants me to be uh, a young woman after his heart. But he's like, I know that you can't do that by yourself because if you had to do this by yourself, you would miserably fail because you're not faithful and you're not consistent and you're not. Uh, you're not too big and you're not too <laughs> it goes back to that wonder pets um wonder pets thing where they sing that song and they're like and you're not too big and you're not too short but if we work together okay i'll link it in the thing hopefully if i remember so that you guys can see it um because yeah it's important it, it is necessary for you to understand the reference that i just made um but yeah so anywho back on to the track um he's the one telling us that these are the things that he's going to do and so I just love that so much that in order to have an intimate and an intentional relationship with God we have to have um we have to have the heart that God is going to give us to know him and so he wants us to be intentional and he wants us to be all of that but he knows that we can't do it on our own so he's like I got you don't worry like I know you can't do it on your own but like I'm gonna provide for you that's why I'm God and so I think that's so cool and so then we were reading Psalms 1 1 through 3 and we were just talking about spending time alone with God and basically two key points that I got out of that were delight and meditate and I guess we'll probably have these scriptures pulled up because like that would be so helpful um, but, you know, did I think of that before I got on here? No. So, we're gonna go find Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Okay, so it says, 
Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit, which yields its fruit and season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And so I just thought that was powerful. Two things that I really took out of it. Well, I guess three things that I really took out of it. Um, first of all, the tree planted by the water analogy made me think of this National Geographic um, show that I was watching one time where they were showing like some place in some desert in Africa or something like that. And so I think it was like the Sahara Desert or something like that. And it was showing how literally there was this one stream of water and literally where that stream of water was, the trees were right next to it. Like there was no, it was barren everywhere else except for right next to the water. So on the, the border of the river, on the riverbank, uh, that's where all the trees were. But literally everywhere else, like even a couple of feet away from where the riverbank stops, there was nothing. Like it was literally sand. It was literally like desert. And so I just thought that was so cool because every time I hear of um, the Bible speaking of a person being planted like a tree by streams of water, I don't think of like those luscious places in Brazil where, you know, everything is getting watered daily by the rain. I think of those places like in the Sahara Desert or in other places that have desert where literally only the only thing that is growing is right next to the river and everything else is there and everything else is a desert because that's how it feels in this world. Like in this world, there's so much wrong and there's so much um, deception and just so many things that are um, just destructive and, and binding and everything. And so it feels like a desert out here. But then right next to that one stream of water is all of these plants that are um, that are growing because they are trees planted by streams of water. And so, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then two other points that I took out of it were the words delight and the word meditate. So first of all, it says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Okay, so when I saw delight, I said, okay, what does delight mean? Delight means to love it, to, to passionately pursue it, to want to be there. And it's like, it kind of reminds me of this, like whenever you are, um, like delighting it's like something that is delightful or something that you really enjoy you find a way to do it you find a way to engage with it you find a way to make time for it if you want to do that like for example I delight in me and Kamari's conversations and I know that I typically put on pause everything else to have a conversation with my best friend because that's my best friend and so I know that whenever her and I start talking that because I delight so much in our conversations, I'm like, okay, I either need to have my homework done beforehand or I need to do my homework after and like put put my homework on pause essentially because I know I had a butt ton of homework to do yesterday, but did I do any of it yesterday? Not at all because I was talking to Kamari and it's not like a procrastination because it was like really like uplifting and really good. So we had a great conversation, but you know, it's like, I'd be putting on pause sometimes the things I got to do because I delight so much in spending time with my best friend. And so that's what God is trying to say through this um, verse. And this is what the um, psalmist is trying to say. He's trying to say, like, you, we need to delight in the law of the Lord because we, when we delight in his law, we are blessed. 
not just physical blessings, but we're blessed in the kingdom of God. And so, um, yeah, delighting in the and in the law of the Lord is just the Bible. Um, it's God's word. That's what he means when he says the law of the Lord. So he's saying, just delight in the law of the Lord. Like, spend time with the law of the Lord. Enjoy it. Put everything else on pause for God's word. And I feel like that's easier said than done because I personally don't do that all the time. Like, it's a good thought. It's a good theory. It's like, okay, great. You know, like, I really want to do that. I really want to be passionate about God. But when all of that homework starts piling up or when all of the assignments start piling up, or when I have to do laundry and be an adult, it's like, ooh, I don't know if I have time for God's word. And so I need to treat God's word like it's my best friend and put everything else on pause just to be in it. Put everything else on pause just to have a conversation with God. Because if I could do that with Kamari, I could do that with God, who is the one that created me and sustains me and gives me life and is faithful to me every single day. You know what I mean? Like, anywho. The second word that I have is meditate, and meditate to me doesn't mean any, like, you know, it doesn't, to me it just means take it slow. You are taking apart the words, you are really sitting in it, kind of marinating in God's word, essentially, and I know I'm going to explain this later, but on Sunday, I did take some time to meditate, and I'm telling you, it was amazing, um, but meditate to me just means taking it slow, really dissecting it, really digesting it, really holding on to it, you know, and so, yeah, and then uh, we, she further went on to talk about some other topics, and I think they were just really amazing, um, but those were the main, like, highlighted topics um, that I really enjoyed, and so then I went to the second workshop, so this is still the recharge event, I went to the second workshop, workshop, and I did um, the scripture memory workshop with meditating on God's word, and let me tell you something, when I first signed up for this, I was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like I knew I wanted to memorize scripture because I wanted to be like my mom and how my mom just recalls scripture, you know, um, like off the back of her hand. Um, but she's also 52. So like, she's, she's been reading the word of God for a while. Um, but like, okay, when I first did it, I was like, Oh, like, I kind of want to do this, but like, I don't really know if I want to. Um, because I didn't want it to be this whole like legalistic thing where they're like, you need to be memorizing one scripture every week and you need to be, you know, it's so always kind of afraid because it could go south real quick. Like it just is like that sometimes there's certain like topics and stuff um, that Christians really take to extreme levels sometimes. And so I was like, I don't want to do all of that. But I signed up for it anyway, because I don't know, I just felt the Holy Spirit and I was like, OK, let's do it. Um, and I didn't really think twice about it until I got in it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he didn't even really talk about memorizing scripture. Um, his name was Matt. And I just really loved the way that he presented this and the way that he talked about it. Because it was a way that was really understandable. And it was a way that was really applicable to real life. And so he was talking about scripture memory. And, I mean, he was talking about meditation, biblical meditation, and what that looks like. And he pointed us to Joshua 1, chapter 8, where... He made the point that we shouldn't constantly be talking about God's word. Um, and let's just head over there right now because I also made another point, but I don't know why I made that point. So let's go to Joshua 1, 8. So Joshua 1, 8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So not only should we keep this um, 
book of the law, which is the Bible, once again. So anytime it mentions the law or the law of the Lord and stuff like that, that is just talking about um, the scriptures. It's talking about God's word. And so he's saying, basically, constantly be talking about God's word, constantly be talking about scripture. And it's not just you sitting in your room like a monk, you know, just reading and trying to memorize and reading again. It's you reading and digesting and then applying that to real life and taking that to other people and talking to other people about that and I just think that's so cool and not only does he say to do this but then it's not only like a a moment of advice or counsel or or wisdom but it also is followed with a promise and it says then you will be prosperous and successful so not only are we meant to to delight in the law of the Lord, but we're meant to meditate on it too, because when we meditate on it, we're able to truly soak it in and we're able to truly understand it and take it for what it is. And on top of that, we will be prosperous and successful because we will have God's word, God's wisdom um, in us. And so, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. And then uh, a couple of people just mentioned some really great points while we were in the workshop. So one person said, meditate on the scripture itself. We're not looking at our inner selves or, you know, just be one with nature. No, we are really meditating on God's scripture. And that's why it says meditate on it. When it says meditate on it, it doesn't just say meditate day and night. It says meditate on it. And when it says it, it's referring to the book of the law, which is the Bible. So that just further emphasizes the point that we're not meant to look at our inner selves because the more we self-reflect and kind of look at ourselves, the more distracted we get, the more distraught we get, the more distanced we get from God. Because like I noticed that like when I start looking at myself and I start self-reflecting, like it's important to self-reflect, but when I start overly self-reflecting or I'm scrutinizing almost like every part of me, I notice that um that's so like I just I get so uh what's the word distraught overwhelmed I start realizing like dang I am messed up like I've got a lot of just crap in my life and so that's why it's so important to look at scriptures that's why it's so important to look at God because when we're looking at him we're seeing his perfection we're seeing his beauty when we look at ourselves we're just going to see all of our imperfections and yeah, so that's why it's important to focus on the scripture and not on ourselves. And then another thing that um, someone mentioned was that it's not some like otherworldly experience. It's not some emotional awakening. Um, meditation is really just pondering on scripture. And I'm going to further explain this when I get to Sunday, because Sunday was the day that I really put this into practice and I tried it. And it really helps. It really makes a difference. But it's not about, oh, we're going to be enlightened and we're and all this stuff. No. Meditation is truly, meditation, biblical meditation, is truly like pondering God's word, reading it, rereading it, writing it, rewriting it, um, and really dissecting it, taking it piece by piece and thinking, what does this word mean? What does that word mean? And how do these words all combine together to make one cohesive statement? And so, yeah, that's just really powerful to me. And then, um, another thing that someone mentioned was that uh, a lot of times, like the common societal version of meditation, it's like emptying yourself of, you know, everything. And they pointed to Jeremiah 15, 16, and they were like, no, we, we should be eating God's word. We should be filling ourselves up 
with the word of God. We should be filling, like we should be eating. We shouldn't be emptying ourselves out. We should be filling ourselves up with the word of God because that's the only way that we're going to be sustained. And so, yeah, that was really powerful. And then Matt was just hitting it on the nail. Shout out to Matt because he was just, he was so amazing. I'm I'm not even joking. He was so amazing. One of the things that we were, we were just in conversation, I think at this point, we were just in discussion. And one of the things that he mentioned was that um, it's important to focus on God's word because God's word is stable. God's word is firm. God's word does not change. And I think that a lot of times I forget that because I be thinking like, oh, I don't really have time for God's word or I don't really feel like getting in God's word. But God's word is the only thing that is keeping us. That is the only thing that is stable. That is the only thing that is um, consistent. And one thing that he said, one way that he related this to, he said, God's word is still sustaining the fabric of the universe. He said his word is eternal. God said in Genesis, let there be light. And there is still light today. And I was like, yo, Matt, like, you're like, whoa, like, that was so powerful, because it's like, it just reminded me of how important God's word is, and how um, truly uh, firm and eternal and long-lasting God's word is, that he spoke back in Genesis, which was so, 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 so long ago, and he said, let there be light, and there's still light today, like, we still get up in the morning, we see the beautiful sun, we still go to bed at night, and we see the beautiful moon, so it's like, God's word is still eternal. God's word is still everlasting. Um, and that's just powerful. And so then we went on to, I believe, Psalms 46.10. And so he's, I know that this is a verse that I really, really love. Be still and know that I am God. And then there's some, there's some more in that scripture, but I'm just going to kind of dissect to be still and know that I am God. So be still. That means we're not meant to do, but we're meant to be. It's not about what you're doing, but what you're becoming. And I feel like a lot of times when you look at people um, and you see kind of just their lives and like how they're living, we always see people doing stuff and we always see people doing this and doing that. But what are they becoming? Are they becoming people who are better? Are they becoming people who are um, growing? Are they becoming um, people who are just at peace? Are they becoming peaceful and patient and fruit bearing people? Um, and I think it's so easy to dismiss the, the things that we're becoming because you can't see somebody becoming something. Like, you can't see somebody becoming wise. You can't see somebody becoming humble. You can only um, see the fruits of that, but you can't really, it's not like something that you can look at someone and be like, oh, he's becoming wise. But you can look at people and see what they're doing. You can look at people and see, oh, she's taking trips and she's, you know, now this person's getting in a relationship where, where he's uh, getting married and you can see all of these things that people are doing. And I feel like I start getting, me personally, I start getting in this comparison mindset where I'm like, well, if you're doing all of that, I feel like I need to be doing something too. And God is like, girl, what's for them is for them and what's for you is for you. But you should not be focusing on doing a whole bunch and doing this and doing that. You need to be focused on becoming who I've called you to be, which is a young woman after my heart. And so that's just a reminder to myself that like being still just means being, not doing. It doesn't mean that we have to always be doing something, especially when we're applying it to God's word and we're talking about, you know, reading scripture and praying and stuff like that. A lot of times I get very legalistic on my own self and I'm like, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. And God is like, I didn't require you to do all of that. I need you to just be still and just talk to me and just trust me, you know what I mean? And quit trying to do so much and just be in the present. 
And so, yeah, that was amazing. And then, um, and then it says, be still and know. So I highlighted the word know. And I said, how do you know something? You study it. You learn about it. You practice it. And how do you know someone? Uh, you spend time with them. You talk to them. You listen and you're patient with them. So God not only wants us to know that he is God, but he also wants to know him as God. So he wants to know the fact. And so the fact that he is God is something that we have to study. We have to learn about and we have to practice letting him be God in our lives. Because a lot of times I feel like I get very controlling and I start wanting to be my own God. I start acting as if I am God. And God is like, girl, know that I am God. And so in order for me to know that I have to study his word and I have to see him act and I have to uh, remember that and I have to learn about it and I have to practice giving up control and letting him be God in my life. And then on top of that, um, he not only wants me to know that he is God, but he wants me to know him as God. And so in my life, he wants me to recognize him as God. And so in order for me to know him as God, I have to spend time with him and I have to talk to him and I have to listen to him and I have to be patient. And so that's just so powerful. And then I think the the rest of that verse is, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And these are two things that I thought were so amazing because when he says, I will, those are such definitive uh, promising statements. It's not like, oh, I might or I could. I have the ability to. He was like, no, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be doing this and that. So that's just so powerful. But yeah, that's everything that I learned. Um, so I think I'm going to do another one um, on a different thing. And I will be back. So yeah, that was it for the recharge event. And when I get back, we'll talk about Sunday and something else. So yeah.